Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. And go. this ball in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat hitter Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, we've got to talk about. It'll be fun. I promise we're going to make it fun. Some Rockies killers. Some of those guys who've haunted your nightmares over the years. Uh, It's always a fun thing to think about, uh, uh, you know, which one of these guys just just ate at you over the years. And at some point, I think, and and actually, Patrick, I've I've devised a fun little game. I'm going to spring on you for how we determine which one of these guys uh, where you got to tip your cap to them or you're. Nah, WTF, man. Getting out of here with that. We're going we're gonna to have Kale make a graphic for tip your cap or WTF, and you're, you're, we're going to have to decide on some of these guys who we're tipping our caps to and not. But before we get to that, news, kind of, sort of, yeah, and actually, and better than that, folks, good news in the Colorado Rockies area. Uh, it's not a complete story yet, but Scott Oberg, according to our good friend Thomas Harding over at MLB.com, uh, is on the, the path of recovery. He's on the way back. He's trying to come back and, and be there, ready to go for the Colorado Rockies next season after, uh, on September 23rd, uh, and I'm just going to, I just love this, nationally respected vascular surgeon Darren B. Schneider, just exactly who the type of person you would hope, you know, uh, <laughs> actually removed the top rib on Oberg's right side. Uh, apparently, this is a semi-common procedure to help try to deal with uh, blood clots that can occur. As we know, it's cost Oberg a couple of times, three different times in his career. He's had to be sidelined with a blood clot issue. Uh, Harding notes in his piece that Scott has sought out both Chris Archer and Daniel Bard because they have also both undergone this rib removing procedure and uh one final note before i get your thoughts on this patrick uh, is that oberg has apparently elected to keep the rib 
Uh, said he's, he had a, a doctor friend who kept it in some formaldehyde for him, uh, that he's got it like on a mantelpiece right now. He even said he was thinking about making a paperweight out of it. I I have nothing to say to that uh, other than Marilyn Manson, I think, got a piece of his rib removed, too. And I think that that's worked right. out well for him as well. But it's great to, to get more more good news from from Scott Oberg, sometimes with guys who can be a bit injury plagued or, or just have those injury histories you want to say hey no news is good news but it's not necessarily true like you you fear it you, you just fear the inevitable might be happening you know we we had those thoughts about david Dahl, and and we have those thoughts about scott oberg and you know on the the fan side of things you go why david Dahl? like what why is he no longer a part of this team but on the human being level i don't think there's a rockies fan that can't separate themselves enough and go you know what, this this really might be better for David Dahl not playing at altitude with, you know, the the issues that he's had and uh, and the loss of his spleen and with the splenectomy and everything. And I think, you know, I, I think people might start worrying about that about Scott Oberg is, you know, while they're they're they've got some some uh, processes working out here to to try to get it sorted for him. But you right you have to put the human being first before the player. And so it's really great that you know, there is news and that it is positive news because Scott Oberg is, besides being a valuable, you know, member uh, of the Rockies on the field, he's a valuable member off the field with everything he does with the Players Association and everything he does as a leader. I mean, you think about he's the most veteran guy in that bullpen. Daniel Bard might be older, but Scott Oberg has a ton more experience. He's, he's now one of the older vets at this point, as crazy as that might sound. Yeah, there were two things things in the article that really reminded me of the immense loss of Scott Oberg. One was, and I loved Thomas Harding using ERA plus to do the thing and, and, and adjust for the course field and noting that over the last couple of years in 18 and 19, Scott Oberg with his 211 is second in all of baseball behind only Kirby Yates and ERA plus among relievers. So on the field, that's a huge loss. And then as you were talking about, you know, we know he wasn't there. He's not able to bring certain things. But there was something he said about watching the games and being really frustrated because obviously the Rockies bullpen was struggling so much. But he said, you know, I wasn't even there at all. I couldn't be there in the clubhouse at the games. And it was reading that quote that it really occurred to me like, man, not only were those guys really eating it out there, the bullpen unit particularly, they didn't have their leader. They were rudderless without their guy. And he's the unquestioned, as Patrick was saying, he's not just a leader of the bullpen. He's one of the main leaders of the entire clubhouse as their players union rep, as one of the guys everybody knows. You, you remember when you were in sports and you, you know the, the kid on the team who could also be like class president, right? Who Like that's Scott Oberg, right? That everyone would trust him to, to represent them and to not have that guy. I think it was just a, a massive loss for this pen. And, and like you said, we can't get ahead of ourselves and be like, all right, Scott Oberg's back, but there's video of him out there throwing. Uh, he's come back from this. Like we said, it's taken him down three different times. Well, he's come back at least two times already so far. And I'm betting, I'm putting my DraftKings money down hard that Scott Oberg will pitch again for the Colorado Rockies and pitch well. The the thing, you know, that we, that we got to be on the lookout for in the article, you know, sort of talks about this too, is they, they've always occurred in the month of August. 
And mm-hmm. there may be something to that. There may not, but that's kind of the thing that you worry about. Like you were saying is it's, it's almost like, it seems like he's going to get himself back in shape and he's probably going to be there to start the season. It's will yeah. it crop up if so. And this last time, obviously it cropped up, you know, before the season was really able to get going, which was later, but just to have him back and, and, and hopefully even in a post pandemic world, if you can't get healthy two eleven ERA plus Scott over back, you can get coach Obi back on the team and you need that guy too. You do. You need, you need all iterations of, of Scott Oberg. And, and the fact that it's happened in August, is it, is it a heat thing? Is it, a, is it, you know, have something to do with the, the weather or is it more of just, okay, you've been playing in Colorado for a couple months now. So there's been this buildup. Now that obviously wasn't the case quite as much this year, other than the fact that you do consider that, you know, there was, you know, the summer camp uh, and the fact that, you know, in, in Phoenix, uh, the Scottsdale area, you know, is doesn't entirely sit at sea level like a lot of the, the Florida spring training facilities. So, you know, again, they're they're exploring all of those things. But you're right, Scott Oberg. I mean, between 2017 and 2019, and I think the first half of 2017, Oberg was just okay. But if you just look at those three seasons, his last three where he was healthy, he was essentially one of the top 25 relievers in the game. Um, where, according to Fangraphs, 3.2. Wins above replacement, you know, that's better than Adam Ottavino, who got $27 million from the New York Yankees. Better than Will Harris, who got something similar to that from the Houston Astros, who couldn't go without him after their World Series winning year. Jose Alvarado, who was just acquired by the Phillies, who right. definitely needed some a power arm in that struggling bullpen. And a guy that I really like um, that I think returned uh, with the Mets is in Dylan Batances, who has closer like stuff. And so, yeah. you know, Oberg has, has been better than all of those guys. And there's a few more ahead of him on the list that you can make the case that, you know, again, in, in a slightly different setting, Oberg is, is better than those guys. So he's, he's been incredibly valuable um, on the field to this organization. And it's, and he's, he's been a key piece of why they've been, you know why they went to those back uh, back-to-back postseason appearances in, in seventeen and eighteen, and even in nineteen when you know they they weren't very good, uh, they could have been a lot worse with without a guy like Oberg holding things down, being that veteran presence for some of those young guys, and he's uh, he's going to be needed. He's he, you can't replace a guy like him on the field or in the clubhouse unless you're going to go out and and spend nine million dollars, and we know Colorado's. Not going to do that, and rightfully so. And rightfully so, right? If we're talking about a different position, then you go, hey, no, maybe you do need to spend $9 million on Kevin Pillar. But if we're talking about relievers, been there, done that for right now, and uh, they've been burnt. They they don't need to put their hand on the stove to make sure that it's hot. It's hot. It's going to burn 95% of their body if they try to touch that stove. Right. Right. That being the reliever and, stove. Ex- exactly right. <laughs> that and, $9 and, million dollar reliever stove. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from that stove. That's a bad stove to be on. Uh, but straight up, any best case scenario for the Colorado Rockies in 2021 includes a good and healthy Scott Oberg. And, yeah. and I think people recognize that. And I think that is one of the things that nationally and even sometimes locally, and I understand why, because of the times he hasn't been there. So it isn't the longest stretch of time he's been that good. He was a little shakier, all those things. Um, but in my estimation, a guy who's done it twice now, it should be no surprise if he is, for a third time, one of the better relievers in baseball. Among the best, even that, it shouldn't be, 
like absurd he's done it twice again so it's like it shouldn't blow your mind if he does it should you expect it that's up to everybody to decide what their expectations are um i'll just say i'll just reiterate i guess the biggest point that i'm trying to make there is it's no small return if it's a full return to the best that he can be that's a that's a massive piece to add to your team, a legitimate shutdown closer, if he can be that. And I even think, you know, there's a there's a scenario in which, you know, Bard continues to close. Scott Oberg could be an totally. all-star this year if healthy. Like we've seen it. It's 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 one of the nice things about the uh the all-star game that they've kind of done in the past 10 to 15 years. I mean, it, go back and find the name Steve Delabar, and you go, right, you you don't know that name, but all-star for the Blue Jays. He made that up. All-stars for the Blue Jays no. because he was one of the best. He was, I don't even think he was the setup guy. He was a seventh inning guy. But his numbers are so astronomical that you go, you know what? Let's get kind of give those guys some credits. It's it's kind of like, you know, they're not being a, a closer in the Hall of Fame for a while. Because you're like, well, a closer is a failed reliever. I mean, a closer is a, uh, is a, a failed start. starting pitcher. Right. Right. So those guys shouldn't get any accolades. And then we came around on that. Then we said, well, you know what? You can be a very good reliever and not be a closer. It's just due to circumstance. So you know what? Let's give those guys a little shine and give them some credit. So shout out to Steve Delabar. And so Scott Oberg, I think, has Straight a decent up. enough standing already in the league that if he has a fantastic year, and again, we've talked about it before, how you don't necessarily need your best reliever to be in the ninth because – it, if it's a if it's a blowout or if it's you know a three run lead and you have the bottom of the order coming up, it's not as important. It's that eighth inning, maybe when the game's on the line, even when your team might be down by a run or two, you need to hold the score as is to give your team a chance to to come back. And I think that's a that's a spot almost that gets gets more shine, I think, by industry insiders and by baseball folks. And so there's a scenario in which you could see Scott Oberg kind of even without being a closer, being a guy. That can be an all-star. I, I think, you know, maybe to a degree a Carlos Estevez, but I think Oberg's just been doing it long enough and has been doing it consistently enough and essentially being the Rockies' best candidate in 2021 for comeback player of the year. Right. I mean, it's him or, or Brendan Rodgers, maybe not so much just because he's, you know, still so unproven and doesn't have that track record, but Scott Oberg is the best chance for the Rockies to win one of those big postseason awards. Totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't put it past a shortstop to win an MVP one of these days, but uh, mm, I like uh, that. Um, but I wouldn't mind seeing that come come true, no doubt. Yeah, well, the third baseman should already have one by now. Who knows what team he's going to be playing for next? If he goes somewhere else, he'll get one. I promise you that. But uh, <laughs> uh, just just how it goes. Um, but. Yeah, man. Uh, like you said, no matter where you slot him in there, it, it would be a big addition to get back in, in so many ways for the team. So we t- toast, we t- tist. No, we're going to toast on this day. Our Breck brews back on that juice drop train. Oh, got, that, got some that more. Juice drop, hazy IPA all up on that. Had a little bit of that Broncos country was their season was coming to an end and celebrate, I guess, celebration or morning, whichever way. Uh, not a good season for the Denver Broncos, but uh, in transition and, and still some fun moments here. Colorado teams like the eighth overall pick in a draft. I'll tell you look, what. Look, man, Rockies and Broncos. And you know what? Until I get a cease and desist order, which could come in the next 12 hours, Rockies fans, let Breck Brew know, hey, when's there going to be a Rockies-flavored beer? We got I'm Avalanche saying. Amber. Right, we got Broncos country. 
uh, Vanilla Porter Jr. There's also just a mile high. Uh, and there's straight just up. A, yeah, yeah. So where's there going to be a Rockies one, man? That's Come a great on. point, Patrick. And if That's you a- name it after one of us, clearly it should be named after me. Um, but <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, the Drew's beer the guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look. Whatever, whatever makes it, whatever the best name is. Let's let's just get it done. That's, that's the, let's just get it right. done. Let's work that's as right. a team. Let's work together. <laughs> get that thing done. Uh, all right. So now we have to reluctantly decide who to toast our Breck Brews to. Or as I was saying earlier, new game. Got producer Kale working on the graphic. It, it doesn't exist yet, but we're either gonna tip our cap or just give a big giant WTF shrug. Oh, will. TYC. So TYC. Hold on. Will coming in with Ale Nado. Ale Nado. I like that. Ale Nado. Or IPA Renato. Uh, There's something there. There, I think think Ale Nado is better. Ale Nado is better. We're we're tooling in the right area, I think. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That round goes to Will. That round goes to Will. That's fair. Hey, Will Will upped me. He definitely did. All right. Uh, so YTC. YTC. Oh, no, TYC. Oh, T- I TYC. Tip recap. Or WTF, which. A WTF. Is. Just what the front door is going on with the gotcha. situation. Right. Okay. Who in the funk. Yeah. Are we doing with this? Are, are we super frustrated about it? So let's start with a lot of the, I think, the obvious tip recaps. I asked on Twitter for people to give us, like, the non-all-stars because I didn't want everyone coming in with. Uh, a couple of these, but just to remind everyone and to introduce a new behind the scenes character to our wacky world of DNVR Rocky stat boy. We'll, we'll see if he can upgrade. We've got tech boy. Now we've got a stat boy, Noah. That's all you get for now. We're going to have to see if he can upgrade from stat boy to stat man. Eventually still wait We're you know, it's, it's a long road ahead, but day one was pretty good. Came in with some pretty fantastic stats and did provide us with some of the, the gimme, some of the guys, you know, like they're great players, but they do still legitimately like, you know, how Nolan Arenado torches the San Francisco Giants. And every time they go there, man, like this guy kills the Giants and part of you wants to go and he kind of kills everybody. But then you you look at some stats and you go, oh, man, he he does. He does specifically destroy the Giants. Uh, the biggest one in this category for me. Well, I guess there's two big ones uh, for opponents for me. Uh, and that's Matt Kemp, who we all know about, right? A fantastic hitter. So in 1,750 games in his career, Matt Kemp's a 284 hitter, 337 on base, 484 slugging. It's a 921 OPS, but in 178 games against the Rockies, a 314 batting average, 365 on base, 611 slugging. That's a 976 OPS, about 150 points difference. Uh, so we all, we all know. Yeah. yeah, and yet no one is no one is trashing Matt Kemp, saying, "Oh, he shouldn't have been an All Star for all those seasons." He was playing against the Rockies and padding on, his man. statistics. Not right. a part of the conversation. Not a part of the conversation. My guy that I put out first was more for you know one good game, but still quite memorable. Ninety six, John Mabry, a first baseman. I think he played a little outfield uh, with the Cardinals. Recorded the first cycle. He hit for the cycle. Uh, in Coors Field, no one had, had actually done it at mile high, but was the first guy to do that. And not bad for a guy who is at negative 
two wins above replacement over his career. Managed to play for 14 seasons. So again, was more he was a he was Vanderwall esque. He was a guy right. that uh, towards the middle and, and uh, part of his career was a uh, you know again a good veteran guy. Came off the bench to do uh, to, to to kind of strive in that pinch hit role. Uh, but and and the Rockies even brought him back, brought him in, and I think in 2000, uh, he, he was a partially part of that 2007 team, believe it or not, uh, and only hit one double and one homer. So if you're keeping score at home in 1996, I think it was a game in June, he hit a double, a triple, and a homer in one game. Then Rocky signed him way later. He's a bit older, hits a double and a homer for the whole season. That he was with the Rockies again. He, uh, he didn't. He didn't quite make it that that long into the year. He was he was cut by the, the end of May. But still, kind of kind of the Rockies' luck and and one of the first, I guess, Rockies killers in in a sense. Him and Fred Lewis. Remember Fred Lewis of the Giants yeah. also hit a, a cycle against yeah. the Rockies. No maybe. names. Maybe. Yeah. No Mabry. 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 Uh, yes. Yes, indeed. That that's a fantastic one. That's reaching into the well, not the way way back i mean we're not we're not that old right <laughs> if you ha- if you ever had a Don't starting lineup if you've had a starting <laughs> lineup made of you you might be a little bit old mcfarlane uh maybe we'll let you slide if you uh, get, get a mcfarlane sports one those were very lifelike and and were the next generation but the old school original starting lineups you're, you're a bit old a little bit, a little bit. Uh, another guy that always stood out to me is obviously a phenomenal player, but I think people knew that he, he got after the Rockies pretty well. Was Paul Goldschmidt, and uh, Stat Boy ran down some stuff on him. Thirteen hundred eleven games in his career, two ninety three career batting average against every team that's not the Rockies. So, you know, uh, three ninety two on base percentage, five twenty two slugging. That's a nine fourteen OPS. Goodness, he's a good hitter. Uh, yeah. But in 130 games against the Rockies, even better, 314, a 417 on base percentage. That's Todd Helton career numbers. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, straight up. Uh, and a 564 slugging percentage for a 981 OPS. So not quite as dramatic as Max Muncy, uh, but another guy who you knew and, and, again, always seemed to particularly relish coming to Denver and getting out there at Coors Field uh, and, and letting it fly. <laughs> He's. I, I um, was looking up some of his numbers for for something we've got coming up special special week of programming, and I was really surprised to see where he is in the list of active players uh, with wins above replacement. And it's mm-hmm. you know he's he still has a long way to go before we're even talking about Hall of Fame. But I was just again I was just surprised to see him incredibly high up on the list and be like okay paul goldschmidt all right i I see you like you're you're trying to do some things you know if his his contract plays out really well in st louis maybe we are you know talking about goldschmidt as as being a a borderline hall of fame guy he uh yeah he he definitely did it as a member of the d-backs most of the guys we're probably going to mention are going to be from there's going to be nl west right a lot of nl there's a lot of nl west on as there should be for sure so I think so far we're tipping our caps to all of these guys, right? These are some great players. Mabry being the OG, in a way, uh, and the rest of these guys being just just great players. So so far nothing too egregious. We're just we're tipping our caps. That's what we, I love that. That's like our by the way our just Americanized version. Everybody, that's our way of showing respect. That's what you say to showing respect for somebody else who did a great job, whether you're talking about sports or not. And it comes from our game because in baseball. When Paul Goldschmidt hits 314 against you, 
tip your cap. <laughs> and in Japan, if you hit a player with a pitch, you tip your cap. The exact <laughs> right. opposite. But yeah, it's a totally different uh, situation. And again, I, I, I am basing all you know, of that uh, off on a uh, Japanese yeah. baseball documentary um, called Mr. Baseball. That's the only uh, that's the only reason where that's coming from. There's a there's a hand waving signal as well. I learned about this when I was in college, and I took a couple of years of Japanese. But if you go like this to have somebody like like you come know, here, like, like you would here, say come, come here, here. That's actually yeah, that's like really offensive. I think it's it's that one, or or there's something, or maybe like this is really offensive in Japanese. Oh, that like just doing it, uh, looks weird with your like fingers. Just, to come here with one. That's the come hither with one. Yeah, finger. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's one of those like means something totally different there, and so you want to be. Oh, that, that's right. They do it upside down. That's right. This is how you're supposed to come here. Like a kid, like a little kid going, could you come here yeah. and help me with my Legos? You do it upside down. Get your elbow up really high. Yeah, because you don't want to be offensive. This is so, you know. And what you're, you're doing nonstop. So our, know. all of our international I know. viewers I know. are really pissed right now. <laughs> Got to get demonetized in Japan. <laughs> you have to be very careful. Our friend, the baseball Brit, you know, if we're trying to say, hey, peace up, right. baseball Brit, peace up. That right. means something different in England. Exactly. Given the throwing up the two, throwing up the deuce. Hey, peace out there, buddy. No, uh, not the same. So let's throw up the deuce then to Max Muncy, uh, another guy yeah. who peace has Max. Yeah, peace, Max. Uh, another guy who's you know coming more and more into his own right on the national scale. But these splits are stupid. This. This pisses me off, Patrick, because <laughs> in 432 games against everybody else, Max Muncy's hitting 236. That's not that great. 359. Okay, that's solid on base. 484 slugging. And this is, against, this is against the rest of baseball. Everybody The else. other 28 teams. Right. Wow. And 843 OPS. So solid. I mean, he slugs, and he, you know, an 843 OPS isn't. That's, that's above average, so. That's, that's fine. In 42 games against the Rockies, including uh, Stat Boy threw this in here, hitting only 176 against the Rockies in 2020. Still, his batting average against the Rockies is 265. On base, 395. Slugging 644 for an OPS of 1093. It's almost 200 points of OPS. Oof. That sucks. <laughs> hashtag course. I guess hashtag course. Yeah. Hashtag. There you go. Dodgers course creations are these guys. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, that's that's my first one that I'm going. I'm going full WTF on. I'd love to tip my cap to Max Muncy, but I'm not going sure. To. <laughs> yeah, and again, he he that's doesn't have that same pedigree as a, as a Kemp and Goldschmidt. He has at least one all-star appearance under his belt. I, I don't know if he has two, probably just 2019, uh, 2018 when he really started to emerge. So it's, it's probably just the one. So yeah, he's he's got a long way to go to to be memorable, I think, in a lot of ways. Whereas, you know, Goldschmidt, his career ends now or fizzles out. People will still really, you know, remember him all across baseball. Obviously, right. Matt Kemp, same thing. Right. Whereas Max Muncy, could kind of disappear and it's just one of those names that are lost. Like I, I like finding those names historically of of, of players that you know, aren't in the hall and have just kind of fallen off, you know, real quickly and, and you don't hear about him that much. That could be Max Muncie. Um so yeah, he uh, he's gonna be a WTF. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I think uh, the other one in this category, I, I think the number one guy um, 
by far the remember when we did uh the the nas stars uh, and or just yeah your favorite like role player and people were going with Willine rosario and ian stewart pretty runaway uh, <laughs> in a similar runaway fashion on twitter we had of course will myers prince william yeah, yeah. william william yeah. bradford myers is that right yes that that's that's what fans need to cheer. And again, Wait, I when he spells it William, does it have two L's in it? Yeah. Which is weird. Well then what now that's and, a bigger WTF than And when he scandal. spells Myers, it's M E Y E No it, 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 Myers is still Myers. But yeah, William with thing. two L's. So that's what Rockies fans need to cheer. Like that, th- this is kind of one element that we, we might need to play up more when the fans come back, Drew, is imploring fans to uh, certain behavior, fun loving behavior. But you Use know, when, both when, else. yeah, when Will Myers, yeah, that too. <laughs> but when Will Myers takes his place in right field, I want to hear William Bradford, clap, 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 clap. Oh, William sorry. Bradford. You know, Mets fans did it for years with Larry Wayne. Yeah. Chipper Jones, they call him Larry right. Wayne. I want to hear some William Bradford clap, 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 clap. Get on that guy because he is – again, you go to Wikipedia, you go to Rockies.com, it's going to say Dick Monfort, owner of the Colorado Rockies. But, Drew, hit us with the numbers that suggest, oh. you know, maybe he's only a co-owner at this point. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> This is brutal. In 840 games played against everybody else, a 254 batting average, mediocre at best, a 329 on base percentage, mediocre at best, and a 447 slugging percentage. Still okay, decent, but not much better than mediocre for a 776 OPS. I wouldn't be surprised if that is league average. Uh, maybe a little above because you're counting all those guys who sure. like come up and are terrible and then get sent down or whatever. <laughs> so, so, so they factor in as well. So everybody take a deep breath. Are we okay? Are we ready for this? I in think 90, we're ready. 90 yes. games against the Rockies. So not only is it, are these numbers huge, he's done it a lot. 345 batting average. That's elite. That wow. can win you a batting title elite. 397 on base percentage. That's really good. And a 670 slugging percentage. Again, borderline elite for a 1067 OPS. That's almost exactly 300 points of a difference between his OPS against everybody else and how he does against your Colorado Rockies. We know San Diego is a beautiful place that people love to visit and travel to, but if you're Will Myers, you're you're thinking about a vacation in the middle of July in Colorado at Coors Field. I mean, at this point, he should be allowed to just, you know, set up in center field. He's got a tent. He's like, oh, you went camping this year? Well, yep, right out in center field. It was great. Uh, I just I would go into the bullpen. I use the restroom so that's in there. I mean, he he should own. He he owns. He owns. He owns the Rockies. It's it's crazy. And and the 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 scary part is, if oh. and when the Universal DH does come, then you know he's going to be even more lethal because the Rockies won't simply have a, a, 
excuse me, the, the Padres won't have a reason to kind of put him on the bench for a period of time for defensive issues. He can just be the DH. It'll be it'll be pretty perfect for him. So. Well, that's brutal. He handed the Rockies his extra L. William Bradford. That ain't, that ain't right. Will, you got two L's. You should you should be <laughs> should be coming out here standing for the two L situation. But yeah, all right. I think we need a little bit of a deep breath after that one. We need a little bit of separation. We also need to sharpen our minds a little bit. Very important thing to do. Whether you know, we're living in uncertain times or not. A lot of times are uncertain. I'm a little bit of a student of history. And one of the things that I've learned is it's filled with a lot of, and this is a technical term here, weird shit. And you can learn about all that stuff or about any number of techniques in the modern world to get yourself ready for whatever weirdness is coming our way next, whether it's global pandemics, economic town, downturns, the good stuff, when you want to be ready to, the, to take advantage when things are going well out there. So you go to MSU Denver online, you check out their course load, you find what works for you, uh, you feel confident and comfortable because they've got teachers that are responsive, that know how to do this, that have been doing it for years and years and aren't just learning how to use a computer in the last couple of months. They are built for digital education. One of the best ways that you can make sure that you're being safe, but also making sure you're prepared to come out the other side of this thing. Get there at msudenver.edu slash online. Check out all the programs they've got. They've almost certainly got something that's going to work for you. Whether you're trying to start a new degree, maybe finish up an old degree, or just get a few extra skills under your belt, or learn about something you've always been curious about. You want to learn about the history of music in the 1920s. They've probably got a class for you on that. You want to learn about macroeconomics in the digital age. They've got a class for you on that. So um, I, I know a lot of people here on the DNVR staff, myself included, a while ago, long before they were ever a, a sponsor of ours, have, have taken some some courses through them and owe them quite a bit, like we would any of our, our other great educators out there, teachers we never saw in real life. But man, they, they do a fantastic job with this. So, so look them up. They've been doing it for a long time, so they're the, they're the best around, no doubt about it. msudenver.edu slash online. All right. Uh, another another one of these guys who uh pretty good ball player in most rights, but definitely doing his best work uh, against the Colorado Rockies is uh, the shortstop for the Washington Nationals, Trey Turner. Uh, mm -hmm. re really good stats against the Rockies. Um Really good stats, actually, against everybody. <laughs> He's hit 296. He's for a cycle. He's yeah, got a yeah. cycle. He's got a cycle. Uh, uh, according to Stat Boy, now we may have to double check him on this one, but I'm I'm going to trust him for right now. He said he's hit two cycles uh, against the Rockies. One in April of 2017 at Coors and one in July of 2019. I think in, that is right. In Washington. That, I'm trying to go for my photographic memory. And take out my handy dandy uh, Colorado Rockies media guide with beautiful Larry Walker on the cover. I think that's actually correct. Guide? Yeah, that sounds my, right. I have a photographic memory at times, and now that I'm picturing seeing Trey turn up twice, I think he. Uh, I think that's correct. 
I think he's correct. He, he's, the, he's the guy who had it uh, last two times. Yep, 2017, 2019. Look at that. Both in Colorado. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So maybe, all right. So we'll, three-fourths credit on that. Uh, but in 541 games, 296 average, 353 on base, 480 slugging. Uh, but against the Rockies at 379 in just 21 games, though. So it's not quite, you know, Goldschmidt over 130, uh, Myers over 90. Has only had 21 games against the Rockies, but still 379, 417, and 695 slugging. That 11-12 OPS uh, against the Rockies. If, if you're looking for a guy who just really comes out of his shoes and and it, it, it appears to be Trey Turner for now. We'll see if he keeps doing it. But The impressive thing about his first cycle was he did it the hard way. He got a triple last, which is oh, – right. As soon as a guy gets a triple, you go, all right, it's in play. Cycle watch, yeah. You're like, all right, let's watch that cycle. Yeah, no one did it first, so we knew. He needed it last. Right. So you're like, and he's got the the legs where he could do that. He does have speed. probably a double for 90% of guys, but yeah, props to to Trey Turner. And and our our, our boy, Master Tater, of course, uh, again, as you said, we tweeted it out. We wanted your comments. He, of course, pointed out Will Myers, um, talking about his cycle. He's another guy. Uh, right. Myers had a cycle. Kemp also cycled. Cycle. So yep. those uh, that that certainly helps numbers. He also pointed out Nick Ahmed, who's who's played yeah. pretty well. One of those D back guys who does not have good numbers in general. He's a he's a glove first guy, and, right. and he's been really well. So pointed out Chris Denorfia as well. I don't particularly remember that, but uh, yeah, he was re- in the division for a bit with the Padres. Yep. I remember Chris DeNorfia being a bit of an issue. I remember uh, he, he was kind of in that category of Scott Hairston, who I know was shouted out by a couple of people. Let me see. Who- cycle, also hit for the cycle. Yeah. Uh, just just amazing. Uh, who, we got who, uh, James McCormick says, does Eric Karros fit well below superstar? So he, he may, I don't know how many times he was an all-star. I'm going to say two times. Yeah, it sounds right. But he's not. He wasn't a superstar. Was a rookie of the year, um, uh, the first one in a string of of rookie of the years for the Dodgers. Can you? How many other? They had. They won the rookie of the year five uh, five years in a row. Or was it four? I think five years in a row. Can you name all five? Or, or how many can you name? I should say. No. <laughs> I believe it. We have Karras in '92, Piazza '93. 94, Raul Mondesi, 95, might have been Hideo Nomo, and then 96, future Rocky, Todd Hollinsworth. Five years (laughs) in a row, Rookie of the Year. That's insane. That is insane. And that team won, went to zero World Series. Think about that. Five straight years, you you have the Rookie of the Year. year. You don't even go to the World Series. That's, That's kind of strange. Will came in, I think, before he got it. He was he was going with uh he got pretty close. So uh yeah, man, another Dodger who's kind of in that that similar category of Eric Karos is uh Andre Ethier, who Adam Busack mm-hmm. shouted out. Andre Ethier is another guy who raked against the Rockies. And Busack also pointed out, and I've got stats from Stat Boy here on this one, another super frustrating one who's in the Nick Ahmed category. I don't have Ahmed's stat, uh, stats right in front of me, but I would bet 
They're very, very close to Gorky's Hernandez. Hernandez. Uh, this is another super frustrating one because in 394 games against everybody else, it's 230 below average on bases, 292 below average and slugs 351 below average. That's an OPS of 643, which is you guessed it below average. Gorky's Hernandez is in every way against everybody else. A glove guy. He's just. He's and, and Will correctly points out he is a grown man named Gorky's. <laughs> I'm not going to hold that against. Actually, his name is my favorite thing about him because this 44 games against the Rockies with a 270 batting average, slightly above average, a 352 on base percentage, slightly above average, and a 524 slugging percentage, again, slightly above average for an 876 OPS, which is pretty dang solid against the Rockies for a guy who against everybody else is one of the most mundane hitters in baseball. That, mm, that's another WTF. I can't, I cannot in good conscience, I don't know what's going on there, but I can't tip my cap too much to Gorky's Hernandez. I've got a WTF then. He also has close to 50% of his career home runs against the Rockies. Right. 20 homers uh, in, in his career, and eight of them were against the Colorado Rockies. Wow. That's bananas. That doesn't even seem like it should be possible. No, that's that's not right. Nick Ahmed, 681 OPS career against the Rockies, 904. So we're looking at... Very uh, similar to Gorky's. Yeah, yeah, 223 points higher um, against the Rockies, which does include games um, still at, at, at Chase One uh, Ballpark. but Yeah, yeah. Chase One uh, Field. Chase One Park. The Bob, no? The Bob. Formerly known as the Bob. Uh, the Robert. Uh, my, uh, my old boss and big brother in the NVR Rockies community, the Big Bear, BK. Brian Kilpatrick, came in with the answer to this question e, is yeah. Alex Dickerson. Certainly uh, recently. Cer- he he holds the current crowd, right? He's certainly like intercontinental champion. He's like oh, on yeah. his way up the card, like putting on the best matches. And you're just going, what? Now he might, Patrick, here's why I, I didn't think of him immediately. Alex Dickerson might just be good. Like the, the biggest jump, well, well let's go to so, so 215 games against everybody else. 273 batting average, pretty solid. 342 on base, more than acceptable. A 493 slugging, I'll take that. 835 OPS, okay. Alex Dickerson's a quality major league hitter. Guy can hang, right? (laughs) In 33 games against the Rockies, he's hitting 409. That's right, it started with a four. On basing 461. Uh, That's almost half the time, folks. And slugging, hold on to your breck. 774. It's a 1235 wow. OPS, Patrick. That <laughs> the WGF. slugging GF. The slugging is a total WGF where you go like that's not that has to stop. But it's 33 games too. So it's getting to the point. He's not into Will Myers territory, Paul Goldschmidt territory yet. But he's getting he's past Trey Turner. You know, it's 12, 13 more games than him. That's and he's in the division, so he's not going anywhere. That's painful. Yeah, yeah. He had a huge 
series against the Rockies this this past year. I, I was at one of those games, and yeah, he he just he went completely off where it, he, it was an extra base hit every single at bat. It was right. it was a bit appalling. Uh, Neil, of course, also uh, our, our our buddy Neil also said Will Myers. Beats the you know one out of the Rockies pitching, mm-hmm. uh, Sam Kissel, who has one of my favorite Twitter avatars. Mm-hmm. It's just a close up look of him with a Rockies cap on, winking. He it just it's the goofiest face, and it always brings me joy whenever I see him commenting. Uh, yes. So thanks, Sam. Said Ricky Weeks. Is that mm. is that true? I don't I don't particularly remember Ricky doing it, but again, he only played once a year when he was with Milwaukee. Then then he did play with Arizona for a minute. Yeah, Stat Boy didn't run those numbers, and neither did I, and I, and I had missed that comment, but I would, I would bet so. That, to my recollection, that is correct. As, as is our guy Taylor Disney, who has one of my favorite names of any people in the world. No relation, but still. He also has sure? a phenomenal beard. Are you just assuming? No, I, I, I've asked him. Um, yeah, he's, okay. he's actually, he, he, was at the, he was at the, I'm pretty sure he was at the Walker Hall of Fame watch party. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's come out to a couple of different things. He was there at the baseball museum. He's come to the DNVR bar a couple of times, though. I don't think I've run in to Taylor at the DNVR bar just yet. But he mentioned Reggie Sanders and Steve Finley. So Steve mm. Finley, another in the Eric Karros, Andre Ethier category of a couple of time all-star. But he did bring his best uh, against Dem Rocks for sure. We also had a suggestion of John Roper, who is not a player I had ever heard of. He only played in parts of, yeah. He only had played parts of, of three seasons with Cincinnati in San Francisco. Didn't do very much, but uh, he was in there. I guess in the '93 season, totally dominated the Rockies. At which point, our, our buddy Brian Miller said, "You know what? I'm out. I'm out." I, I'm guessing if, if if that's where your memory like starts, if that's where your head goes right. immediately, that must have been very painful. Totally. That was a traumatic. WTF experience. Uh, a couple other classic throwbacks and phenomenal baseball names that fit into the kind of category you were talking about earlier. Chris Watson comes in with Ron Gant and Love. Phil Nevin. Yeah. Gant ended up being uh, he was a Rockies, I think, for a, for a very minute, brief yeah. amount of time. Yeah. Dude was dude had a great swing too. Like he was all forearms and calves. Like that's you go. Wait, you remember a guy's calves? Like be, yes, he was a part of his stance. He was just you just muscle it up when he was with Atlanta. He was he's he's very much a guy that gets forgotten about. I think a lot, uh, especially from that that Atlanta team. Ron Gant was an absolute beast, and and Phil Nevin had a great career too. Number one overall pick. Uh, we'll wait to see if Tyler, his son Tyler, uh, gets an opportunity with the Orioles this year. I, I think we should expect to see his major league debut after coming over in that Michael Givens deal. That, w- that would have been cool. Uh, but now both those guys are in the same division. You got Phil Nevin as the third base coach for the Yankees. Well, there you Maybe go. he'll be lining up against uh, his son Tyler. I think that that makes for a real uh, magical moment and magical potential. So that'll be a little fun side story to keep our eyes on for next season. I love this fun with stats that Will is having here in the comments. Must have gotten educated over at MSU Denver because he's pointing out that the slugging percentage that Alex Dickerson was putting up of like 770 whatever uh, means that he's actually getting past third base every time he gets a hit. Jeez. <laughs> Think about it that way. That's that's what he's averaging. But, uh, yeah, we've got a few more to run through here. But I do want to ask you this, Patrick, because – 
We like to do a little betting around here. We're DraftKings Sportsbook people. We're getting better and better at it. I've been learning a lot from the DNVR Bets program and uh, really just from hanging out in our Discord. So if you're subscribed to the DNVR.com, you can go in. If you got some ideas, you just, you're new at this, you just want to lay down $1, which by the way is totally a thing that you can do because it's a lot of times it's just about having fun, putting a little bit of your money where your mouth is, maybe proving your metal, showing people you know what you're talking about, just making it a little bit more interesting. And if you've been worried about it before, man, you can get in as little, place $1 bets, place $5 bets, whatever you want to do. And you can get advice from some of the smartest and most fun people to get advice from in the world on this stuff, right here in our DNVR family, whether it's the bets program, just coming into our Discord, talking to those guys. They'll set you straight. They'll get you set up with some really good stuff so that you'll be having some fun in no time. And this weekend on Saturday, if you decide to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app and you haven't yet, you could double your money. All it takes is one touchdown to be scored during Saturday's (laughs) football games. And typically, touchdowns are scored during football games. Uh, it's, It's... I don't, know, I don't know how familiar you are with the game, but it is highly probable that that will happen. And so download the dra- the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up, and you will get a shot at doubling your money if a touchdown is scored, when a touchdown is scored, in one of Saturday's football games. That's code DNVR for new players to get a shot at doubling their money. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week might be a little bit upsetting to some Broncos fans. Maybe not, but I think they understand. You've got to hammer the Buffalo Bills right now, given six and a half to the Indianapolis Colts, Wyoming's own Josh Allen doing big things. They've got a real young and speedy offense. And I mean, I've, I'm almost even tempted to, to see about taking the over there because it's going to be, um, you know, a, a big uh, sharpshooter game between those two QBs. So, uh, but my sport, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, got to go with the Buffalo Bills. They're the feel good story. And, 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 there's going to be three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. It's the first time the NFL has ever had six playoff games in a weekend and, and three yeah. on, on each day. So definitely some new complexities. And uh, I think I think, I think think if Broncos fans had to root for another team, I think Bills are like a safe, non-threatening yeah. in a sense, you know? Yeah, it's, it's certainly not like rooting for the Raiders or the Chiefs or Ooh. any of the Chargers, any of that. No division. Or Rams, I like, think to a degree. Yeah, you Rams don't want to be doing that. Patriots pesky. are outside the division, but in any – no, I know they're bad this year, but there's just no reality in where you want to be rooting for the Patriots ever. Maybe Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I've, like, I've always felt like the Cleveland Browns are a, a non-threatening safe team for everyone to root for. Like, at some point, they have to not be terrible, right? Like, don't we all kind of want to be neat to go, hey, Cleveland. Yeah. I don't know. See, I said the same thing about the Cavaliers. And then when they did it in the way they did with LeBron, like, leaving and coming back. And when it was, I still was like, I mean, way to go, I guess. But <laughs> uh, so either way, yeah, whether you're taking Patrick's advice or not. DraftKings is going to hook you up, man. They, they throw all kinds of cool, like, extra bonuses at your way all the time. Make sure to check them out. All right, a few more. Also, too, yeah. once they win yeah. on Saturday with my Bills pick, 
you can go ahead and 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 put some money on the on the Browns too to to win away at Pittsburgh. So you, you, you can't go. miss. I'm, I'm I'm keeping an eye on the on the schedule too. Like that's a that's a key piece of it. Who else we got? We got more Rockies killers. I mean, anybody in that visiting killers. clubhouse usually is probably gonna have a good weekend. They might not kill the Rockies. I was gonna, gonna have say a good weekend. Guys like to hit at Coors Field. It's not an Spoiler. uncommon thing for for dudes to come in here. Uh, no. There were a couple. I saw two pitchers named actually. What? Um, yeah, Will, who <laughs> is being remarkably patient in our comment section and not linking to his own tweet that he sent me a couple of hours ago, mentioned Ted Lilly, who was also thrown out by uh, somebody else. A couple of people actually mentioned Ted Lilly. And one person, I'll see if I find it, Nate mentioned Taiwan Walker. And Lance, mm. Lance Lynn, actually, he mentioned Lance Lynn as well. I've seen Lance Lynn a couple of times, and that, I think, again, falls in the category of he's good against almost everybody. Um, somebody said Clayton Kershaw, and I went and checked, and I was like, not really, actually, Clayton Kershaw. Like, yeah, not really. But Taiwan Walker and, and Ted Lilly, I think, are good picks for guys who are not pitchers. You think of like, oh, yeah, they're awesome, but they're actually pretty good. I was so locked in on our conversation as far as hitters go that when you said pitchers, I'm like, I'm like, wow, they must really remember a game in which, what, Lance Lynn had a double and a single with an <laughs> RBI, and all of a sudden, I can't forget, Lance Lynn is a Rocky killer. And then as you're talking, I'm like, oh, no, they just pitched really well. Yeah, um, I get, uh, that's a possibility, too. That can happen once every three years as well. It, it can. <laughs> Not everyone is Steven Strasburg or, or, or Jake Arrieta who, like, refuse to pitch at Coors Field now. Both of them. I mean, you got you got Nomo throwing the only no-hitter in Colorado, right. in Denver. Right. So, I mean, right. he would probably have to go at the top of that list who's right. uh, a guy who, you know what, in, in some time, you know, I don't. I don't know how much longer it has to be. Maybe when this kind of glut of of Hall of Famers gets in and the ballot kind of slows down, and and we can have different conversations about guys who've been overlooked. Maybe mm-hmm. Hideo Nomo gets himself into the Hall of Fame at some point. Again, yeah, I think we we've got a lot of other things to discuss about, and uh, and we'll be getting to that soon as well here on the Rockies uh, podcast. But at some point, I think people are start are going to start saying, "Wow, what Hideo Nomo did was you know." Uh, Jackie Robinson esque. No one was keeping him from playing America, but no one, no one had the guts to say, "I'm right. going to bet on myself and go over to America." Because if I fail, it's going to be disastrous. And and a guy that that followed soon after Nomo and Hideki Arabu, he did fail, and unfortunately, the man took his own life. And yeah. I, I didn't, yeah. didn't want to derail us there on that. But if we're talking about if we're talking about guys who dominated against the Rockies, definitely have to mention Hideo Nomo. Yeah, Hideo Nomo for for. 100% for sure. Back on the hitting side of things, both Mark Owen and EJ Sanchez mentioned James Loney, which again, I didn't have time to look up, but strikes 100% true in my recollection that James Loney was one of those guys. And EJ also mentioned another one that again, um, struck true because he falls into this category we've talked about of Rockies killers who they went out and got. And I'm surprised nobody mentioned, and I haven't looked at the stats and I just now re- occurred to me so maybe so why am i calling you out of it? um no gerardo Parra's the guy i was thinking of ah. was a rocky killer who became a rocky but also casey blake we don't really remember him because he didn't really stay Ooh. a rocky for very no. long but casey blake was a guy just a, a below average 
third baseman for the Dodgers who just kind of was there and then he'd play against the Rockies, typically at Coors, but even a lot of times in L.A. and he'd just just rake against them and that that was pretty rough. Basically, if you're a corner infielder with the Dodgers, you're going to be pretty dominant against the Rockies, preferably first base. So Loney, Caros, I'm sure if you go back and look at the, the – rookie season of, of Paul Canerco, who spent a very brief amount of time with the Dodgers. You're going to see him. We already talked about Max Muncy, Casey Blake, third base, first baseman. It's, uh, yeah. The the splits on uh, Loney aren't as extreme. 853 OPS at court, uh, at, against the Rockies versus 746, so it's still over 100 points. Um, but again, if, if, if you have a bad stretch against the Rockies and then that, that lowers your numbers – if, if you're dominating over the course of a weekend, you can't forget that. And uh, there, there's a lot of ways to be successful. Again, if you go, if you go two for, for 13 in a series at Coors Field against the Rockies, odds are somebody else on your team went 10 for 15, you know, with, with five extra base hits. So you, you can't dominate every at bat. Right. Uh, so I just realized here at the bottom of the list, actually, uh, Stat Boy did go ahead and track down Taiwan Walker's mm. numbers. So in 108 games pitched against everybody else in his career, he's got a 384 ERA, a 124 whip, and an 8.2 strikeout per nine rate. But in six games against the Rockies, he's got a 243 ERA mm. and a 127 whip with a 9.2 strikeout Per nine rate. So yeah, that's a pretty good one. For those of you that remembered in your minds, doesn't Taiwan Walker kind of dominate against us? Yeah. Yeah. 22, 243 for sure. And then Nick, who goes by the at slam Hilliard, which I absolutely love because I remember mm-hmm. when we were, we were crowdsourcing the best nicknames for Sam Hilliard at, when he was doing his thing uh, at the end of uh, 19. And we we're trying to decide between Sam Hilliard and Slam Hilliard, and everybody consensusly just came together and was like, it's Slam Hilliard. Why, why are you overthinking this? It's Slam Hilliard. Why isn't Hilliard. it both? It's Slam, both. Yeah, Slam Hilliard. It's Slam right, Hilliard. Right, right. Come on. Let's go. Let's uh-huh. – you guys are over. So, so Slam Hilliard uh, coming in with Jan Gomes, who Ooh. a couple other people mentioned, and Stat Boy did run the numbers Has he on. even now, played I, against the Rockies? I mean no, – now How that's the caveat here. Cleveland and Colorado even play each other. Because I did the same thing. I went, I do not recall that. And that's because he's played 779 games against everybody else and only nine games <laughs> against the Rockies. But still, you're looking at a 720 OPS to a 923 OPS. I mean, he's hitting 246 against everybody else. He's hitting 321 against the Rockies. So yeah. So so again, if that yeah, if that stuck out in your mind, you're definitely not wrong small sample size but yeah those those are the guys and another one that always stuck out to me again i didn't run the numbers but i just thought of him as we were talking but he's a pretty good ball player in general especially good against the rockies starling Marte. Mm. starling Marte had phenomenal numbers and that might have been specifically at coors field i'm thinking of where he hit like over 400 he might be in that alex dickerson class of actually starting with a four on his batting average but yeah man like Lance said, Lynn was yeah oh, Lance Lynn was on the nose 357 career ERA against the Rockies in nine starts 2.2 ERA five oh. starts at Coors Field 2.36 
ERA. Okay. With a 0.874 whip, stay with the White Sox. Stay Damn. over there. Thank yeah. God. Thank yeah. God he is no longer in the same league they, as the Rockies. They should get him. <laughs> Just, they get him? They get him. Did, did you not listen to the first part when I said John Mabry? First cycle against the Rockies. <laughs> right, we've tried then this before. They signed him. Sure, he was 45 years old at that point, but couldn't even hit for the cycle in a season. Who so, are the best success stories? Uh, I guess it's Para and Kemp, right? Are the best success yeah, stories right? of guys who are Rockies killers who who then became Did something, yeah. contributing. Ooh, that's not a that's not a great track record. Maybe don't do that. I don't know. I feel like Lance Lynn. He's the guy that roll those dice again, baby. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'll uh, be a free well, agent after this year, after 2021. So maybe 2022. Hey. So again, fans, I'm down. we're clapping for William Bradford, and we're sending emails to Dick Monford saying, "Look, in, look between your your couch cushions because we're going to need every penny for Lance Lynn in 2022." Yeah. And hey. we're going to win a World Series at that point. Done. Hey. Lock hey. it up. There. There's the silver lining we've been looking for for if the team yeah. does lose Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story, they'll have plenty of money to pay to Lance Lynn. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and on that note, well, this was, I, man, this was a lot of fun. I don't know that it was as much fun as Rocky's role players, but I think so, man. Sometimes you really do. Like I said, it's one of my favorite things about this game. There are some guys who play on the other teams who I don't necessarily want to tip my cap to because there's a handful of dudes in the league, you know. That eh, guy's kind of a jackass or whatever. But for the most part, that's really not the case. You hate what Will Myers does to your team, but you know what? Guy's a major leaguer who gets to be the absolute best version of himself in a particular environment. And I know it sucks, but you got to tip your cap and go, man, you love the game of baseball. We love the game of baseball. You get paid to do your job, and, and these guys come out there and, and they drive you crazy and they make you tear your hair out. But at the end of the day, you got to tip your cap for doing a good job. Tip your cap and say WTF. And WTF, particularly at Gorky's Hernandez. Gorks. That kills me. All right. Thank you all for listening into this episode of the DNVR Rockies podcast. Make sure that you're following us on social media so that you can contribute to all of these conversations. You can hit us up at Patrick D. Lyons or at Drew Creaseman at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of that written content. Patrick dropped one that had a lot of people talking today. Had some fiery quotes in there from Bud Black. Uh, react to them how you will, but go and find what the manager of the ball club had to say. Read Patrick's article I'm working on one that we've sort of been talking about for a while now on those lost boys running through them for you all that should be dropping within the next couple of days or so the only way you get to read that stuff is if you're subscribed to the dnvr.com you also get all the other beats you get to come hang out with us in the discord contribute to the conversation there talk about any number of other things including star wars by the way and if i can give a small plug we're gonna have a fun panel conversation on wednesday evening with a couple of people uh, who are phenomenal DNVR members, uh, great Colorado sports fans. And not only are they great Star Wars fans, they're Star Wars creators. Uh, they are making content in the world of Star Wars, books and podcasts and all kinds of fantastic stuff. We're going to be talking to them. I'm going to be having the time of my life. 
so even if you haven't checked out our Mando show before, if you're kind of into that world, or maybe you think you might want to, we're going to be like comparing all of the Denver athletes to Star Wars characters. It's going to be way too much fun. It's at 6 p.m. Mountain Time live if you want to come and join us there. And if not, just check the podcast on the DNVR Watches podcast feed. So other than that, thank you all for contributing to these types of shows, which are literally not possible without you continuing to be absolutely awesome. All we can do in return is promise you that we will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.